a trade show or a conference, for instance, that's another type of sell. Um, you know, if you're wanting to do a show, in fact, these live interviews and podcast opportunities, those are also elements of selling. And ultimately what we're doing is creating influence. And that's really what this is all about. It's making sure that we help people establish a strong sense of influence so that they can go about serving and helping others. And uh, so, yeah, that's that's ultimately what we're going to talk about today. We're going to explore the vision of first class business as well and what it means to uh, build out a training for salespeople, an academy and the whole nine yards. So, Jaime, without further ado, go ahead and get us started by by playing the intro message. All right. Welcome in to Vision Pros Live with Jackson Callum. I'm your show host. We'll be doing interviews for visionary entrepreneurs and guests, guest leaders who are building fantastic visions out there. Ultimately, I just want to go through some of the things that might help you with your vision. So if you have a vision that you're pursuing, drop a link in the comments and let us know what that is. If that's a business or a brand, um, if it's a nonprofit that you run, be happy to promote it, be happy to talk to you about it. And if you'd like to apply to be on Vision Pros and be interviewed about that vision, then by all means, feel free to reach out. Hey, everybody, welcome into Vision Pros Live. Uh, I'm your host, Jackson Callum, founder of First Class Business, CEO at Podbooker, founder, co-founder at Able Health, and uh, we have a lot of companies that we're helping with their growth. I'm really happy to be here today. I'm excited to talk about sales. I'm also excited to talk about hairstyles a little bit. Um, if any of you have fashion tips, I'm growing this thing out. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not much of a fashion person, but I figure, you know, I've got a full head of hair and I'm 35. It's probably a good time to take advantage of it and uh, see what I can do with these crazy curls. So this is actually me attempting to do the hair. Anyway, let's go right into it with sales and influence. So at the end of the day, your influence is not dictated by your hair. Thank you, Malcolm Gladwell, for proving that point. Um, you know, and Seth Godin, um, if I remember correctly, he may not have hair. Neil Patel, safer bet on that. I remember him better. So with that said, when it comes to influence, what is it that people need to know about you and need to know from you in order to obtain influence. And, you know, what is this thing called sales that so many people are so scared of? Um, you know, why is it that it's such a, a scary experience? What are some of the trauma triggers as related to that word as well? What are we doing at first class business that has to do with vision as related to sales and influence as well? Well, there's a lot to unpack and we've got 45 minutes to do it. We're not going to go in a particular order, but if you are interested in sales, you have a question about sales, don't have don't hesitate to ask. Um, I've done sales training with many people over the last 15 years. And one of the one of the comments that I got when I was training, specifically, I was doing a mastermind on Mondays for sales representatives who were already in a phenomenal training program called the Sales Mentor, where there was 15,000 people getting trained on sales. I was one of the students as well. This was about two, three years ago now. And uh, everybody was so drawn to the way that I role played and the way that I was training and really how much I knew in relation to selling digital marketing and, and helping business owners move forward that they all wanted to meet with me constantly. So I created this mastermind and I had between 60 to 100 attendees regularly diving in and seeing the recording about 15 to 40 come in live 
um, to, to be part of that experience. And as they, uh, as they kept asking the question, Jackson, where did you learn how to sell? Right. Where, where did that come from? Where, where, where was that? And I used to say, I thought it came from experiences at Lifetime Fitness or experiences on my mission, teaching atheists about God. But in reality, where I truly learned how to sell was, I remember when I was three years old, my parents were yelling in their bedroom. Um, and I remember running through the master bat bathroom through the closet that had an extra door, jumping across the bed, pushing mom and dad apart, looking up and saying, stop yelling. And they did. I was very fortunate um, in that experience. Uh, my dad was, uh, is probably an alcoholic. Um, we, don't, we don't really talk now, um, but I know how dangerous that situation could have been for somebody at my age. But at that time, uh, that's just not I wasn't scared. I, I dove in knowing what I needed to do in order to create the influence that I wanted in our home. And that ultimately is where my sales experience and skills began, was trying to have influence in my home space to create safety for those around me and, and safety with those with me, depending on which home I was in. My mom always had an amazing home. My dad, on the other hand, there was a lot of issues um, that went on behind, behind the closed doors that we're not going to get too much into that. So how long have I been developing my sales techniques for? Uh, 33 years. Um, so if you have the opportunity to uh, dive into your own personal story, you might also find recognitions of where you happen to have uh, training or where you happen to have gifts associated with sales and influence as well. Um, whatever your resources are, by the way, if you have a favorite sales resource, please drop it in the chat. We're constantly learning and growing from that. So I'll give you some of the more modern resources that are more directly correlated with sales that I happen to love and abide by. One of them is the book, Can't Teach, you Cannot Teach a Kid to Write a Bike Seminar by David Sandler. I'm a big fan of David Sandler and what he was able to bring to this world and teach people, especially the first chapter. It is golden about your I versus your R. That's also a big part of our program. What we talk about is your identity versus your role and how understanding the difference between the two protects you when you happen to have a, uh, a, a difficult time fulfilling your role or you don't happen to have the results that you want to see. So there's that resource. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, another phenomenal business book, mindset book that helps you understand the value of selling, that also helps you understand the value of distancing yourself from becoming a slave to money. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal topic on how to understand the value of work ethic. Um, so anyway, if you have a comment, feel free to throw it in. We'd love to hear from you. If you happen to be in sales, also don't hesitate to ask to join me on this call live. We're happy to bring people on um, as, as you may see fit or feel prompted to do so. Um, with that said, one of the things that we're going through right now as a company is we're in the process of reconstructing the way that we teach our sales representatives how to sell by finally incorporating my sales training manuals, which are 10 to 15 page documents of on day one, do this at 8 p.m. I'm sorry, at 8 a.m. at 8.05, do this, at 8.20, do this, at 8.45, do this, and so on. I've trained everybody from uh, solar companies as a president of a solar company in regards to sales, uh, software as a service companies as well, and uh, POS companies, CRM companies, um, small and local business companies as well, uh, real estate agents, 
you name it. Um, I've, I've pretty much been there and, and uh, been involved in the process of training uh, or, and or learned under some incredible sales mentors myself. Um, so with that said, those manuals, they, while they have, while we have an important need for manuals in the business world, in the traditional business world, the traditional business world is slowly moving towards the capabilities that learning management systems provide online sales training platforms. And so what we're building right now is an academy for people to have, for business owners to have their entire company trained up by department based on the needs of that department. And we actually use these training materials ourselves to be able to train up our team internally. And as we continue to build out the infrastructure of what that system looks like for those who are going to train. So we're going to bring that up on screen a little bit and uh, take a look at what that looks and feels like. So let's see here. Jonathan says, 1 million followers by Brandon Kane. Awesome. In fact, I haven't even heard that reference. So Jonathan, I'm grateful for that. I'm going to look up Brandon Kane, 1 million followers right now. Um, so let's look at that. So 1 million followers, if you Google it, that's going to uh, show us on Amazon. Yep. Fantastic book uh, to mention. There's over 3,000 reviews. Is it? Yep. 3,000 reviews on one account. The other one says uh, 1,763 reviews, 4.4 star ratings. That's a rare feat. There aren't many books and resources that have that, that much credibility associated with them. So uh, Jonathan, thanks for uh, sending that our way. We appreciate that. Um, if you want to, feel free to give us a little bit more about what the book has done for you, what types of things uh, it can unlock for those who are you know, gravitating towards bridging their sales gaps. Now, if you're coming onto this live um, you know, right now, you're, um, you're probably going to want to know, like, how does sales relate to your specific role? Well, if you're a founder, you're in sales. If you're in customer service, you're in sales. Um, if you are in hospitality, you're in sales too. Um, one of the distinctions that I think is very important to relate to or be aware of is, you know, the stigma as to why people hate talking about sales or why people don't like sales. And I'm going to tell you firsthand my experience with that. It may not be yours, but it's definitely mine. I cannot sell and cannot represent a product that I do not fully believe in. I cannot do it. I don't. I don't enjoy it. It doesn't make my soul feel good. Um, and because I know those things, I literally can't do it. Um, I won't do it. And that to me is kind of the essence of why I see a lot of people suffer in relation to their own identity, as well as their uncomfortable nature in and regarding themselves. If you're inauthentically doing something or promoting something that you don't really believe in and have a buy-in for, what are you doing like to your heart and your mind? You know, like how, how do you sleep at night? I don't think you do. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people that are involved in an in influence, but creating influence with things that are not authentically aligned with themselves, it, it leads them to a, a, a state of depression. It leads them to a desire to look for vices that distract them from the realities of the world in which they've put themselves in. Now, um, you know, if you're at that state, guess what? You have a choice. You have a choice to continue to promote and to provide uh, a lackluster service to others and inauthentically represent something that makes you feel um, like you're not yourself or you have an opportunity, especially right now with the, what do they call it? The 
the great shift that's happening, the, the, the great resignation movement, you have the opportunity to explore all sorts of opportunities that are out there and represent something that you do believe in. Almost everybody's hiring right now. So this is one of your greatest opportunities to escape your own predicament and move into a, a position of power where you get to represent something that you absolutely love. Now, I know there's some types of people who do not share in this world, and, and most of them are actually not going to be listening to something like this anyways. But if you're listening to this, it's because you have a, a learner's heart. You have the, the desire to represent something to people, to provide light or value to others. And if that is you, then it's also helpful to recognize that as you provide light and value to others, your ability to ultimately influence them and help them improve depends on your ability to sell. It depends on your ability to help them feel inspired. It depends on your ability to help them understand the value that you're putting out there. And some people are more passive at that than others. Today, we're talking about <clears throat> being absolutely dedicated to that reality. So we've got pulled up on, on the screen right now. What is the Sales Training Academy? And we call this the 100K Club. Why? Because if you were to master these techniques and, and move towards understanding the value of representing yourself well um, as a sales consultant, then you're very likely going to put yourself in the six figures earn, earners club where you can earn six figures in different sales opportunities that exist out there. Um, now, if that's new and exciting to you and you haven't been there, then I highly recommend, you know, at least doing a search on jobs online for sales, especially in the tech industry. <clears throat> Even though there's all sorts of layoffs taking place, the one division that normally doesn't see massive layoffs unless it's absolutely failing is the sales division because companies need new revenues in order to thrive. So it's one of the most bulletproof um, types of jobs or positions that you can have. And whether it's representing a company like Google or Facebook or a newer company and brand uh, like Lyft or Uber or you name it, you know, think of any company uh, LinkedIn. Um, you think of any company that's in the, the tech space that you think, well, I don't know if they actually need sales and you're wrong. They do. They, they have to sell at some capacity or some level. Now, you may not be qualified to orchestrate the deals that exist with those companies. Um, but in my first few years attracting sales jobs, I didn't have a degree. I didn't have a full track record. I had to have the skill set, the determination to convince my way into the opportunity and then the discipline to perform in order to build my track record up. I did not become part of the enterprise sales team at Own Local because of my track record. I only received that opportunity because I was the most excited to go in for the opportunity and I had an absolute purpose vision for what I wanted to do outside of that company. And it just so happened that I fell in love with what the company was doing and building and really liked it. And instead of wanting to go back to Google, once I did have my track record and could work there, I realized, you know what, I, I really love startups. Um, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and uh, while Google is awesome, uh, building something for myself is what I really wanted to, to do after experiencing that. So in addition to uh, that reality, again, the 100K club that exists there, the reason why you elevate yourself to that type of earning potential, practicing these, these principles is because you start to learn principles of strength that increase the value that you're able to bring to the market. And that's really what this is all about. It's about building people from within, helping people understand how they can access their best selves from within, forecast that into the world or project that into the world 
and of course, create influence with it from a sales standpoint. So let's scroll down a little bit, Jaime, and let's just walk through some of the elements of what daily training looks like for a for a champion level sales team. So I don't know how it just zoomed out, Jaime. It was zoomed in a little closer a minute ago, uh, made it a little bit easier to, to see. So if you can adjust the view, that would be super awesome. Um, but what I, I, I can see it with my old man eyes, I can still see it a bit. Um, so you'll notice that it starts with welcome to sales training. There's a little there's a little uh, parentheses there that says video. Well, in that case, that means that we still are, aren't haven't shot the video for that particular training. But if you were to go into the actual training itself, you'd see that. In fact, let's go ahead and do that. I mean, we might as well. Um, if you want to pause this video later and consume what the intro lessons look like, and you can scroll down a little bit faster on that. We know what that image is. Um, so down here, you'll see the context of the introduction and, and what we built this for and who we built this type of a training for and the purpose and our philosophy in consulting and also joining the Facebook group so you get the hands-on support that you need. To me, in my opinion, there's too many courses out there online that lack proper infrastructure and support. Um, and I've never heard of a university that was simply made up of courses and didn't have some type of support an ecosystem behind it that you belonged to. Hint, hint, all you course builders out there. If you want to build something truly phenomenal that people gravitate towards, feel like they belong to and, and want to, and you want to build a vision that people can get behind and be and belong to, then consider adjusting your program to where you actually have a university model in mind or the academy or institute model in mind as well. Let's keep going with this process. So after those two first initial lessons, there's what we call a progress report. And on the progress report, this is an opportunity for our clients to, oh, I see what you did there. You were using a screenshot to make it bigger. That was smart. Um, so revealing little secrets and truths about production, guys. It's fun. Um, all right. So the progress report, as we go into that, this is our opportunity to check and make sure that not only are we teaching what we need to teach, but is the comprehensive comprehension taking place as well? Right. I don't need to make sure that my sales reps or my team members hear what it is I'm putting out there. I need to make sure that they're retaining the most important parts and learning how to use it. Go ahead. Let's. Uh, oh, I don't want you to restart it. You're already on your assignment. Don't worry about it. We'll keep going to some of the next pieces of this. If you notice on the right hand side of the vision of this sales academy as well, there's 105 lessons complete. I hate that they call it lessons. I wish they could let us change that because it's in my eyes, it's 105 activities. And these activities are, are activities that need to be done and performed in order for you to truly grasp the concept of what it is that you're doing and, and how it is you're learning these techniques. So let's move on to basic training. Now, if you have the attitude and the mindset of a learner, right, you have the personality of a doctor, you can actually blaze through all 100 of these according to the timeline and pretty much master the art of understanding how uh, how a sales consultant um, should be acting. You can save yourselves years and years of learning mistakes that most of us have to go through to get to the level um, of sales that, that I've obtained. Um, and that Dean Forbes, my business partner, has obtained and, and others who I could point you to and say, you know, you know, you can really you can really jump on the fast track of becoming like an Eli Wild or a Taylor Welch or a Peyton Welch, all these phenomenal sales people that exist out there, Cole Gordon as well. Um, each one of them has their own unique dynamic and twist to how they go about training. Jeremy Miner as well. I love his stuff. Um, it's an awesome opportunity when you start to see the market and realize, wait a second, these people, they're not, they're not enemies. They're potential friends 
Um, you know, there are people who I could collaborate with and, and refine my processes with. And that's like math nerds getting together and figuring out new formulas together. Well, we're doing the same thing, but from the standpoint of psychology and influence and helping make sure that we're helping people move forward in their lives. So if that's you, if you're if you're in sales in order to move people's lives forward, also don't hesitate to share in the comments as well what you do, um, you know, what you represent. Own that boldly, you know, go after it. Feel free to tell us about it. We might buy from you. You never know. Um, so back to, again, day one and the basic training elements. So, you know, little things that might be overlooked that a business owner takes for granted, but that a new sales rep may have no discipline and understanding. And if you don't take the time to help them understand the value of these principles, then you're naturally going to come to a moment where you've made a costly investment and somebody coming in, they did not fit the mold for what it is you were trying to do. And now you're at odds because it, you know, you weren't, you weren't aligned on your basic principles. I see that happen over and over and over at companies. In fact, it's one of the main reasons why companies lose is because they make bold statements, blanket statements like, oh, I already have a team, right? Well, that's great, but do you have the wrong team or the right team, right? And I can't ask that to somebody without offending them. So we don't necessarily ask that question, but it's all about having the right team members and being dedicated towards championship level success when you're playing ball at the level that first class business plays ball at. So let's keep moving through this as well, the basic training. So you've got meeting preparations. You know, what meeting should I be, I be hosting as a sales team? And how should I prepare my people to come into that meeting and respect the training that's taking place? And what does that training look like? What is my, what is consulting etiquette? And what does it mean, you know, as far as uh, using profanity, for instance, with a, uh, with a sales prospect? Should you never do it? Or is there a time where, too much etiquette and being too formal can also also cost you a relationship because people can't relate to you and your market. It very much depends on the market that you're serving and the type of audience that you're after. Meeting preparations, we can go through these a little faster too. Uh, company meeting times, you know, and what what times do you do your meetings? So uh, let's see if Jaime has the ability to scroll through this. Um, it's possible that that he's okay. There we go. Awesome. Um, so systems to access, making sure that we grant proper system access. Now, this is this is challenging. This sales academy, as we put it out there to the world and we bring on our beta users, companies who want to use this and benefit from this infrastructure, um, you know, and then start selling this academy down the road as well. After we get in um, what we call our grandfathered members, the people who helped us make sure that this is on point and applicable to all sorts of different environments, which again, I'm, I'm really excited because this is about as good as it gets. Um, but we still have that relentless desire to keep building. Well, when when uh, you don't have systems properly in place and you've hired a sales rep, this system's actually going to expose your sales flaws. It's going to show people what you do not have as a company. And you know what? That's actually doing you and them a favor because you're only setting yourself up for failure and them up for failure if you have not accounted for the pathway that a sales personnel needs in order to be successful in their role. Either that, or you've got to have deep enough pockets to sustain them as you continue to build the infrastructure they need in order for them to set, succeed as a sales rep. Now, Jackson, what do you mean? If we've got a sales rep who's the number one sales representative ever for Disney or for Harley Davidson, why in the world would they not be able to quickly sell what it is we offer? Well, it's one of my favorite secrets is I hate to break it to you, but in reality, the number one sales rep for Disney and the number one sales rep for Harley Davidson, they're the fastest paper pushers. 
nobody has to sell for Harley Davidson. Nobody has to sell for Disney, right? Disney tickets sell themselves. People already want to go to Disney. So representing a Disney is completely different than representing an entrepreneur and a brand that does not have a Disney-like reputation in the market. So as a brand, it's very important that you position yourself and you start building up your own authority and credibility because you're setting your salespeople up for an extremely hard task. They're out there looking for great jobs. They meet you. They thought you're a great person and that you have a cool vision. But the more they get involved in your program, the more they may realize, wow, this sales opportunity is not what I thought it was. This is way harder than I anticipated. That's not their fault. They're human beings trying to assess life too. That's not your fault. You're a human being trying to figure out how to build a successful company. But at the end of the day, it will be your fault if you don't bridge the gap and figure out the difference between the two. So as a sales representative, you want to be able to recognize what companies are ready to host me to the degree that are help, that are ready to help me achieve the success I want to achieve. And if you get into a company and you start representing one that's not well positioned to uh, actually help you achieve your results, well, that would be like uh, LeBron James or some other superstar athlete going to a team that's in, that's in a rebuilding phase, that's not in a championship winning mentality. And that, that would be his own fault for doing so. Um, so as a championship organization, right, or one that wants to be such, we've got to do what we need to on our end to recognize as an organization, what do we lack? What what do we need to adjust and change in order to be a championship level organization and have the systems and the departments and the infrastructure necessary to sustain such a vision and such a dream um, or such an opportunity if we're already at the point where we're uh, scaling said, said opportunity. So Day one, ready for battle types of sales roles. Why is that important? Because there's a lot of different types of sales roles that exist in the world. And so if you don't know what those sales roles are, how will you be able to recognize what type of sales personnel are have the experience and training to actually sell well for your brand and what your service is? And as a sales rep, how do you also have the ability to know how your skills translate if you're not familiar with the different opportunities that are there and how do you protect yourself and take the right opportunities again if you don't know what those opportunities look like so intro to cold call scripts and advanced inbound scripts yeah we know it's important to know both and to know how to do both um if we keep going listening to actual call recordings right call recordings that were successful it's so important if you want to learn how to play soccer you know it's in fact that's one of the best examples is sports right kids are inspired to want to play sports because they see how much fun it is they see the success that exists they don't focus on the losing they don't focus on the hard work that goes on behind the scenes all of the focus is on the victories. All of the focus is on the fun of the moment and the opportunities that exist within that. And yes, there are tons. There's so much hard work that goes into being a professional athlete. And that's kind of the afterthought. Well, in, in business, sometimes we get focused on the tactics, the, the methodologies, the activities, when in reality, we could be doing so much better in terms of training and focus if we also talked about the inspiration and the celebration and the, the great things that exist within that ecosystem. Um, so that's why Google also has had a, a large, such such large success is they focus their brand around a culture of fun and a culture that was inviting and got people inspired to want to work there. So uh, kudos to them for, for paving the way in that regard. Um, so the success worksheet, 
Um, again, more progress reports, making sure that we're testing for what does the uh, what does the sales what is the seller getting out of this? Are they advancing? And then making sure that you check these as well, right? Having access to being able to see are my people progressing? There's so much to be said here. Um, one of the shifts I want to make though beyond the mechanics is back to the principles. So we're going to pull up a presentation where we actually talk about some of the core principles that exist at first class business. And if your business doesn't have these defined and you're trying to bring sales reps into your environment, watch out. Um, you're likely to start building a company with somebody that doesn't necessarily build or believe in the same principles that you do. So at first class business, that's one of the most important things that we established was, okay, what do we stand for and what virtues need to exist for us to represent our brand the right way? What virtues do our representatives also need to be developing? So you'll notice this chart over here. We build on a foundation of love. That's number one. As a company, as a brand, we stand by that boldly. In addition to that, we believe in the pillars of patience, persistence, consistency, and reliability, all incredibly valuable virtues that have a lot to do with hospitality and serving the person that's in front of us. All right, moving on to the next slide for this. Um, how do we, so we have, we have mechanisms in place to help train on these, these four aspects and to help make sure that when we're attracting, attracting a new uh, team member, they actually, they actually kind of pre-qualify themselves by either exercising patience or exercising patience or not and learning to be persistent or not throughout their their hiring process we we test for those four virtues uh well five virtues the foundation again being love now once somebody's in our culture and as they're learning about our culture too we also want to make sure that they understand the value of principles that are taught in books like the one minute manager by ken blanchard we're so dedicated to the concepts of this book that we actually create our own internal designs related to his one minute game plan um, and making sure that our, our entire team knows how this process works so they can receive it and have a virtual cycle of growth, virtual cycle of growth in place. For instance, setting goals appropriately, being accountable for them, receiving praise, making sure that we give praise as well. And then of course, also receiving healthy reprimands and what that looks like, especially in a world that, is is quite terrified of the process of reprimand and conflict so those are all elements that are also important to our brand and, and help us move forward um, building building a virtuous environment for our team members to be successful and let's go ahead and go to the next one jaime um, and the next the next slide talks about you know the the wrong team versus the right team and i'm super grateful for the book the five dysfunctions of a team by patrick lencioni that book is one of two books that I regret not reading sooner as a business owner because it came across my life uh, about eight, nine years ago, and along with so many other books that people recommend. But it's one of those where I just kind of had an inkling I should have read it, and I didn't. When I finally read it, my leadership skills started to go through the roof. I started to align with people in a, in a whole new level and to create space for people to be able to talk to me about problems or opportunities for growth that could ultimately facilitate a healthy conversation and allow us to move forward as a cohesive unit and as a harmonized team. So that chart on the left-hand side, while it's hard to see, um, you know, right teams are built based on right principles. And you have to teach teams about the right principles in order to 
have them abide by them. And you also have to teach them the signs of a dysfunctional team. Otherwise, they won't know how to recognize when we're falling off track as a team. So high performance teams follow the, the left side of this chart, whereas the dysfunctional teams fall victim to the realities on the right side of that pyramid chart. And it's a, it's, it's a phenomenal resource. So i um, grateful for Patrick Lencioni in, in creating that. And we continue to explore this particular concept on a daily basis at First Class Business. It's something that is often brought up when we're talking about the primary objective we're headed towards as a team. So um, all of that, again, wraps back into building a sales department and bringing salespeople in who can respect and ultimately represent our brand well, which is something you can't rush. So let's see here. Jaime Jimenez, you asked, who's your superhero in sales? Uh, do you follow and who do you learn and follow? Who do you follow and learn from? Um, as I mentioned, David Sandler um, is, is one of my superheroes in sales, um, and he has passed away. Um, and I, I would say that the Sandler Sales Institute um, has done a decent job of carrying on his legacy. Um, however, there's plenty of room for improvement and, and updates. And, uh, you know, he doesn't teach business infrastructure um, and, and how to build out a business. He teaches sales. Um, and so they could use some upgrades in that department as well. Taylor Welch and Peyton Welch also carried that torch further and, and took it to another level for me. Um, and I, uh, I do follow Taylor um, a bit passively at this point. I, I do like what he's doing with the Wealthy Consultant. Um, I liked my experience with the sales mentor um, and I liked my experience. Uh, well, I, I liked what I learned from traffic and funnels. That said, there's probably a reason that he stepped down. Um, you know, and there's probably a reason that those companies have gone in, in different directions. Um, but what I saw firsthand at the sales mentor was that the strongest survived and the strongest thrived. Um, and there wasn't enough support. There wasn't enough infrastructure for the rest to be able to really keep up. I mean, granted, keep in mind, I was, you know, in the, I was in their training program for seven days and there was 14,000 potential sales reps in there and they asked to interview me to come and work for them, right? After seven days with 14,000 potential students. Um, that that tells you how, how far ahead I probably was and those who were in that environment. By the time I left, there was uh, not left. By the time I stopped paying attention to what they were doing over there, they were at over 20,000 students and I had gotten to see how many people were disgruntled um, with the program and didn't feel like they had the proper support. And it felt akin to going to Disneyland, but not having enough people to station the rides, um, you know, and not getting the support that you needed. You know, you were kind of promised one thing, um, but the fulfillment wasn't taking place. And, you know, I'm going to share that openly now because not to make them not, not to make a bad example of the program, but to open their eyes and to open the eyes of all the other creators who are following me, you know, and wanting to build out, you got to be very careful to be precise with what you promise people and deliver upon that. And then you've also got to have the support and the humility to recognize when you fall short and to let people know like, Hey, um, you know, I'm, I got a very important phone call. Well, I'm going to have to ignore for a minute. Um, so sorry, that distracted me. Um, the, so back to back to that reality, 
um, you you got to own your mistakes, you know, and you got to make improvements and be proactive about it. You can't be passive about it. And so there's little things that they learn along the way with that. And don't get me wrong. It doesn't take anything away from the beauty and value of what Taylor and Peyton and Cole Gordon and others have been able to put out into the world. And it doesn't make them bad people. It makes them what we are. We're human. We have our own short on things. And so it's very important that we own that. So how he says the right team is mission critical. And, and how he's, no, I know this, he's worked with over a thousand companies in, in local San Antonio, building websites for them and, and brands and stuff. He's a very good friend of mine. And one of the smoke screens that a young salesperson or an inexperienced salesperson might receive or that a veteran business owner might utilize to try to escape a sales conversation when they're not ready to make adjustments is I already have a team, right? That is one of the uh, laziest ways to shut down a conversation, um, you know, or move on from an opportunity because the real question is, do you have the right team or the wrong team? And are you training that team the right way or are you not? You need to be aware of all that it takes to win at a championship level or have team members, consultants, or guidance that helps you win at those different levels you're aspiring to achieve. So Howie, if you want to jump on here, um, you know, feel free to, to let us know and I may can send you a link and we can close out with you um, on this as an impromptu guest, even though I'll have you on, of course, down the road um, as a vision pro. So the, th those are, those are, again, those are people who I consider superheroes. I don't want anybody to mishear what I'm saying. Uh, Jeremy Miner as well. I don't know him as well. I know his program as well, but another superhero who I look forward to getting to know over the years. And I've heard fantastic things about his program. I just haven't been close enough to students to know, are they actually getting the results? Um, you know, that are being promised within said program. Um, another person that exists uh, that I can think of is um, Eli Wild. Eli Wild was part of the training platform at the Sales Mentor, and he provided uh, an infinite amount of power and uh, insight into things that I was not familiar with in terms of sales. It was a little bit harder to grasp his concepts. He, he's kind of like me in these Vision Pro scenarios where he talks a lot about the methods of the bike and the mechanics of the bike, and he gets really passionate about it. And you don't necessarily know how to put all of it together when he's training. Um, but as he continues to improve his ability to streamline his trainings for the public, and as I get better at the same thing, our level of power and influence will go up. Um, and that's just a reality. And that makes us both human, not bad trainers, not bad people. We're just human, just like everybody else. And so when it comes back to the superpowers, though, one of the things that Eli Wild talked about were the 10 clarities. And it took me about six months and 100 people literally trying to figure out, all right, what are his 10 clarities? And somebody finally found every last clarity and got it mapped out. Um, he also taught a lot about, this might be Taylor's concept, but the buyer's pocket and why it's important for, this, for somebody to be in the buyer's pocket. He also talked about posturing, which is one of my favorite sales concepts. That's more later into like the day five, day six, day seven of our sales training platform. But, you know, ultimately there's three different styles that people communicate in superior, equal and inferior postures. And there's different things that we say to put ourselves in one level or the other, whether we realize it or not. And, you know, there's once you become self-aware of those concepts and how it is that you utilize them in your day to day lives, it's also easier to assess what percentage of time do you spend in each of those three postures, right? And if this, if this stuff is going over your head, but you have the need 
to influence, right? According to the roles that you play in life, the things that you want to accomplish. And I highly recommend asking us further about the Academy of First Class Businesses and how it can serve you and what we're doing to build out our sales team and our sales organizations and building based on the backbone of all these people who guided us to this point. Another great person is Brian Tracy, as well as his son, who has a different company, Michael Tracy, who's a friend of mine. They have phenomenal, phenomenal programs to help people with the processes of understanding sales. And at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's your opportunity to seek friendships with thought leaders like that and to go into programs and to dive in and learn for yourself, you know, which program resonates the most for me, you know, and that comes down to what are you looking for? You know, what are the questions that you need to ask yourself in order to find a program that makes sense for the level of influence that you want to have in life? Um, I don't think there are bad programs out there. I think there are different programs with different skill sets and different levels, just like there's different math classes that exist and different instructors who are more effective than others and, and some who will take the time with you versus others. You know, there's other students who don't need the time. You know, they just need the materials and need to go. Um, so it very much depends on uh, what the academy, the institute or the course has also set up for your desired learning style um, and on how it is you want to move yourself forward. So. With that said, um, let me take a look at my notes and see if there's any other elements that I really wanted to bring up today. Um, I would challenge you again in the comments, write down, uh, you know, what do you sell? Um, you know, what is it that, that you're striving to sell and what training have you sought in relation to selling that product or service? Um, be open minded, you know, to what other people might share and say in terms of where they get their sales knowledge. That's uh, that's how we ultimately ended up building the foundation, um, you know, and, and depth of sales trainings that we have access to is by being constantly open and aware that there are new ways and new opportunities to do things uh, with, with more effectiveness, um, but also looking at those mentors and qualifying them based on the other mentors we have and, and ranking them so that we know who to turn to for the best advice. One of my uh, top secrets in relation to that now, one of my newest secrets is Dean Forbes, my new business partner and co-founder of First Class Business now. Um, that took a lot, by the way. Um, it took years of us knowing each other. It took hours and hours, not countless, but well over 100 hours of dedicated time, uh, making sure that we're evaluating our processes, our principles, what it is we want in life, how it is we go about being influential, um, whether we you know, how we follow tactics and methodologies and frameworks and implement them, the way that we talk to each other, the way that we talk to others, how we evaluate good, bad or ugly scenarios based on our different perspectives. There's so much that went into that decision to bring him in at a new level. And Dean has clarity regarding how to sell and how to train in relation to sales that in many aspects trumps my own capabilities. And what I do know is the level of influence that I want to be able to foster, the, the amount that I want to be able to bless others and move my own level of influence forward and, and shine my light requires that I surround myself with people who can elevate my ability to have influence and to ultimately inspire the world. And he's one of the, one of the greatest um, in, that, in that regard. The same is true of a good friend of mine named Monty Maldi. Monty being um, my former... Uh, realtor in Austin that helped me buy and sell my first home uh, that got trained directly under Gary Keller. 
um, of Keller Williams and was at one point the number two recruiter in the world for Keller Williams, which if you don't know that real estate uh, agency is one of the largest in the world. They're the largest, I think it's called the largest technology software real estate agency. I don't remember, but you know who Keller Williams is. If you live in North America, you know how big that is. And Monty started with, uh, with his relationship with Gary Keller when he was 19 years old and doing little mentorships with him on a weekly basis. Um, as he was selling his snow cones at the snow coat stand he built. Well, now Monty's 52 years old and he's got a few decades worth of experience and wisdom having been mentored directly by Gary Keller and which direction he should take his businesses and what things that they could build together. Um, and it's just an amazing blessing. Uh, it's humbling to be able to have access to somebody who lived a very similar reality to rich dad, poor dad, um, but under another mentor that uh, many of us are, are so familiar with, which leads us to the book, The One Thing, um, as well as other books that Gary Keller has written. So, um, you know, the more you the more you learn, the more you can learn. Um, and that's really what this whole process is about. Um, and and what, it, what sales is about to me is serving people the best way that I can and ultimately aligning myself to do that. And if that means them buying from me, awesome. But if that means being there for them in some capacity unrelated to what it is that I would technically want out of that, that's my responsibility as a representative of my brand and myself. That's my responsibility as a human being is to show up and do what's best for those who are in front of me. And as a business owner, it was my opportunity to look at the market and assess, you know what, what are the, the values that I want to provide to the market? To, in order to provide well for my family and be really excited and happy about what I get to do on a daily basis. And that's what choosing uh, first class business was all about, was figuring out how can I most be effective in my role in society in helping other people find success. Um, and this is what it boiled down to. So thanks for tuning in to Vision Pros Live. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Tomorrow we'll be live um, at 1 p.m. Central um, with our next guest, and if you have any questions about sales, comments about sales, or trainings of your own that you've loved, feel free to drop in the comments. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for being here today. I'm really happy that you tuned in to Vision Pros Live. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing your reactions as these episodes continue to move forward. We optimize them as the months go by. This is going to get more and more fun. Um, we'll have more and more engagement as well. We'll invite people to participate in the show. And thank you for, uh, for giving us your time and attention and have an excellent time building out your vision and becoming a vision pro yourself.